Daddy Lady, the book club of love. Hey, Vera Elizabeth. Hi, Barbara Ann. How do you do? I do one year older than Yay. I was one year ago. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, BB. It was a good birthday. Our kids, we stopped them before they hit each over the head with our <laughs> with the scooter. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a success. Barbara, you know, when we were little, do you remember the golf ball game? Yeah. Yeah, we had a trunk that one of us would duck into, and then the other one would throw golf balls. Like the little gopher head would pop up, and then the you other one would... hit the other one. Yeah, with, with a, just an endless bag of golf balls. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, so it's... Oh, which reminds me that because we were very active kids and we loved G.I. Joe because our dad was a producer on it and we watched it all the time. We had all these G.I. Joes. Uh, Our friend Ciro, who's done these amazing portraits of us. Throughout our career. Yes. Just did a new one of us as Tomax and Zaymot. No, it's so good. It's amazing. (laughs) So you should check it out on our Instagram and you can buy prints of it too. Yeah, we bought prints. Um, Phoebe, you got some twin sites? I do. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This freaking book is like killing me. it's, It's so much. It's, it's so much. It yeah. is so much. It is so much. I think so it's much. the consent guidebook. Yes. By Erin Tillman, which and we're about to have an interview with Erin Tillman. Yes. That's our episode today is our interview with her. I have a million different notes, but here's one thought I had. I've mentioned this before, how much I love being with my children. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking about this more and more because I am single. I see them most of all. My physical contact is with them. Mm-hmm. In many ways, it's perfect. And it's making me like, do I want to like whoever would come into my life is competing, competing with the energy I have in this house with my kids, where I put my energy like it's, you know, the pressure is on to have someone that would fit not they don't even have to fit into this in the beginning. But it's how I spend my time. My mm-hmm. time has to be spent very well mm-hmm. if it's going to be anything as rewarding as being with these kids. Mm-hmm. And I, I've been thinking about them in terms of like me imprinting them mm-hmm. by being very cuddly with them and physical and all that other stuff. And I've mentioned this before that like being with my kids, it's the first time in my life that I have been able to be naked with another human being and it not be anything but what it is. Like they don't even notice. Yeah, I, I had that experience too. That that will change. So enjoy it now. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's really like I never knew this existed because... To like, be just a person and not a, a, an object. To, to not be sexualized yes. in any way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or to have any comments made about my body aside from like, um, yes. why do you have those blobs? <laughs> that one I get a lot. What are those blobs for? Um, I get told I'm warm and soft. And it's true, like you, being in the NICU with my kids, I was told, I was introduced to the term uh, skin, um, what is it? Skin to skin? Skin to skin, yeah. yeah. Like I had to hold my teeny tiny babies against my skin and that would help them be healthier. Mm-hmm. And I notice it now, like, I'm not naked hanging out with my kids, but like, if I'm wearing shorts, and my my legs are exposed and stuff. My kids love being against my skin yeah. with their little skin. That's why I love summer. But really, I was thinking like, I have been thinking all this time in terms of like, I'm teaching them how to what affection is. But God damn it, they're teaching me seriously, they're imprinting me. And part of that is consent. Like they're teaching me about consent, because when they don't like something that I do, they don't like like my arm under their head or whatever. Mm-hmm. They just move it. Yeah. Or they go, ouch, that hurts or yeah. whatever. They will not put anything above their comfort. And rightly so. Yeah. And that's something that we get knocked out of us the definitely, older we get. Definitely. Like, I don't know how, how exactly. Uh, I think it's from people pleasing and, uh, you know, not wanting to make waves and that type of stuff. Trying to get people to like you. Yeah. And maybe early fumbly kind of like intimate 
interactions that don't feel good and you just kind of I mean I've weathered through so much bad sex yeah um so many awkward kisses uh-huh. um that like you want to keep someone you don't want to offend somebody so you weather through yeah a really uncomfortable experience Possibly hoping it's going to get better or just so you don't want to like hurt the person's feelings. You don't want them to go away or say, and you know what, Vera, honestly, this, this just fucking happened to me the last time I had sex now that I'm thinking of it and I'll keep the story short, but the sex was not good. Yeah. I mean, part part of that was like, I, I felt this kind of distrust. And then when I put some pieces together after I realized, oh, there was something that he kind of hinted at that I, he didn't tell me the truth about that was pretty big. And I think I probably sensed that the whole time. And so I was not emotionally connecting with him, you know, even though I let it get to the point where we were intimate. Yeah. But he did cool off afterwards. And that is the nightmare, I think, of young people, you know. Right. I was intimate with somebody um, and now they're not. Now they're gone. I mean, it was the very first fucking time I had sex. Like, yeah. that's what happened, you know. Yeah. And luckily now I was like disappointed and confused. And then, oh, everything made sense. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I know what happened, even though I don't have an answer exactly. But I said, nothing. I just it reminds me of like, uh, it, it sounds like you met this guy on an app, right? Yes. Okay. And you guys hit it off. And so just the steps kept happening, even though um, we, n- there were like that we had trouble with the physical side of it. And I did address it, but it never quite got better. I kind of even abandoned. Okay. So that's, stuck that's with it. <laughs> right. Exactly. You stuck yeah. with it and you yeah. kept moving forward, even though you had red flags going, eh, this isn't really working out. Yeah. But that's what you do when you're trying to date. Right. And you also you're optimistic. You're hoping for the best. You're hoping yeah. that things will change. You're hoping that, you know, something will click because you liked him. You like talking to him. Right. Yes. And, and I was actually. Actually, like after we had that experience, that intimacy, yeah. I was like, I was more, I am excited to try for the next time because maybe now it will. Is, like, that, the, is that the oxytocin or is that, what do you think I mean, is? there was no oxytocin oh. produced, if you're not <laughs> <Okay>. wrong. <laughs> oh, no, really? Um, I'm sorry. Oh. No, it was more like just, I wa- I was still, oh, I don't know why, Vera. I was just still committed to this thing that wasn't. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. But anyway, what were you going to say? <laughs> I was just remembering like uh, like a date I had when I was really young, like I was a teenager. It was a boy. You were dating his brother. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't really, I don't, I'm not really like into this guy, but you know what? I got to just go try. And so we went to uh, Descanso Gardens and he was a talker and I wasn't. And we started walking around and he just started like, he let loose this torrent of just words at me. Mm-hmm. And I was really dumb instead of like trying to interact or try. I was just, I was walking with him the whole time just going, this is never going to end. This is never going to end. This is never going to end. Which was not fair to him. Like, yeah. I should have not accepted the date. I mean, I've never, I have not since accepted a date with somebody I wasn't interested in. But it was just one of those experiences where you're like, well, I should be doing this yeah. because why shouldn't I be doing this? You know? And then, wait, how old were you? 15 or 16? Okay, so that was 30 years ago. I'm yeah. doing that fucking now with, with app <laughs> app dating. <laughs> I'm doing that. Exactly Aww. what you just said. Well, I'll just try it to see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, now you're not going to do that, right? What are my options? Your options are if if you're not feeling the intimate connection and you, you know, I think you have really good instincts, Barbara, and I think you ignored them. My instincts are that nobody (laughs) is the right person. Like, but there's, there are people out there. Where are they? Okay, well, let's, let's, why don't we put out a call to our listeners and ask them how they have met their partners, okay? okay? okay. 
We need some good stories. We need some... Especially if it was during the pandemic. Yes. Okay. But, but I'll take anything. Um, Can you take your phone, make a voice memo, a little short voice memo, let's say under 30 seconds, optimal 15 seconds, <laughs> and send it to datyladies at gmail.com. Will you do that, listeners? We would love to hear. How did you meet your spouse? How did you meet your boyfriend? And you know what? Even if it didn't work out, I would like to know. Yeah. Let's take a little poll. Yeah. A yeah. little okay. informal poll. Does yeah. that sound good? I mean, I don't know if anyone else is feeling this, but it's like, oh, Delta, Delta is fucking going to be around for a while. There's, this is any, any like buoyancy I was feeling is gone. Yeah. You know, this is, I have got to figure out a way to meet people. Yeah. Cause this is getting a little depressing. <laughs> a little depressing, <laughs> you know? And now that I hear that my kids aren't going to let me huggle and smuggle and snuggle them for much longer, how many years do I have left? They they will they will let you huggle and I smuggle. I just have to I just have to have clothes on. Uh yeah, because they de- after a while. I mean, my son now is eight, and he it's been a couple years since he've he's noticed my blobs. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, that's the way people are. They start to notice things. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's up to you, listeners. Also. We were talking about reviewing the book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. And uh, I just cannot bring myself <laughs> to buy that book. I cannot. Let's not. Could you, <laughs> could you not? Because, well, can you guys send send us two copies? <laughs> like, we know, we know that all of you have, or like 50% of you have this fucking book stashed in the back of your bookcase, or it's in your like giveaway box or whatever. Oh my, yeah, we have a PO box that we never use. Yes. Could you send it to us? If anybody would like us to review a book that oh. you love or hate. We have our ad. There's an address at datyladies.com. It'll it'll redirect you to our another address. Okay, so that's what we need. We need your stories of how you fell in love yes. and men are from Mars, women are from Venus, and whatever other book you want us to review. Oh my god, that'd and then be we'll, awesome. And we'll that'd write awesome. all, we'll write a bunch of notes in the book, and then we'll send you the book back. <gasps> yes, we will. <laughs> we will. We will. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now is our interview with Aaron Tillman. Again, this book. There's a couple books we've loved in the past. Attached. It's um, a called a breakup because it's broken yes i really am a huge fan of the autism spectrum guide to sexuality and relationships Mm -hmm. and this book i think these are all kind of universal helpy books yeah upward spiral too yes an upward spiral all right thank you i hate to just read off the back of your book as an intro but should i do that or would you like to introduce yourself um i can do it i mean Gosh, I mean, I know now I'm like, this is awkward, even though I said I'll do it. No. So historically, over the last 10 years, I've been a dating coach, um, an inclusive dating coach with an emphasis on consent and boundaries. I wrote a book called The Consent Guidebook a couple of years ago that features more than 30 dating experts and sex therapists and different people who, you know, work around consent and boundaries. I've done kind of everything you can do in the dating industry, including, you know, speed dating events and singles events and speaking at colleges and consulting with dating apps and matchmaking and like articles and just a lot of stuff. So as if I didn't have enough to do over the pandemic, I also got certified as an intimacy coordinator for TV and film, oh, which wow. somebody doesn't know what that is. Basically, it's um, a kind of a quote unquote new job that came out of the Me Too movement, all the high Harvey Weinstein stuff and Bill Cosby stuff. And people were like, oh, maybe actors and actresses aren't super safe during nudity and sex scenes so maybe we should do something to make sure they feel safe during those scenes and so basically it's like an advocacy position where 
the the coordinator facilitates conversations between the actors but also between the actors and the director just to make sure and like uh modesty garments to cover genitalia and all these things so that's i got certified in that and then as if i didn't have any even more to do i am the new executive director of a membership nonprofit called sex positive los angeles that is one of 10 or 12 chapters under the umbrella of a parent organization called sex positive world and basically we do social educational and consensual touch and play events for people who just want to learn more in this shame-filled society with consent of course mm -hmm. no one ever has to do anything they don't want to do but we're bringing on special guests and educators and things and so i've been busy wow <laughs> That sounds so that's kind of the summary. That was a whole lot. I realized I, I want to know more about those events. Is that like a how do you find out about that? Oh, just, you know, you do things in dating and consent and sexuality and you meet people. OK. <laughs> and so I've known about it. It's been around for about 10 years oh. um, and they've, they've had different people in leadership through the years. And yeah, the stars just aligned. Someone recommended me for the position. And yeah, basically it's it's everything from let's go to a bar or brunch together and talk about sexuality and identity and lifestyle and all these things, kinkiness and all these things to, OK, let's have a facilitated event where, you know, somebody is leading us in touch, touch exercises to get comfortable with what sensations we like and don't like and all of that kind of stuff wow. so like i'm super proud to be a part of it because i mean where do we learn this we, we don't really learn it we learn it through dating people we learn it through sometimes in traumatic ways mm -hmm. we learn what we like and don't like and learn how to have conversations about boundaries and safe sex or safer sex and all these things so yeah it's an interesting time and so yeah like everything i do like is around that and like facilitating those conversations and bringing on people who are experts in whatever they do to talk about these things so the book blew both of our minds i listened to one of your your podcast episodes recently and you mentioned like how it is even as an educator how it's the same sort of thing where it's like you're getting new information and especially right now it's coming at you constantly and you're continuously updating um the way you think about what you're teaching the concept of consent especially the way you break it down in this book is like, it hurts my head because it's, I mean, it's stuff that like, are you trying to say that you are now reevaluating every single interaction you've ever had through this lens? Is that part of it? I mean, yes, <laughs> it is. And I can't imagine what it would be like to be teaching other people this because we were not raised with these concepts, you know, like safe sex was about as far as we got. And Totally. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, listen, I know it's not easy and I know what you're saying. You know, I grew up in a small town in Ohio where sex ed was don't get pregnant. There's AIDS. So be careful, right. like real traumatic stuff like rape and all these things. But there was no real conversation about like healthy boundaries or <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that's just not what it was at the time. And some depending on where you grew up or where who your sex ed teacher was, you might learn more about that stuff. Like certain people I know, I have a friend that grew up like in the Bronx and she was like, yeah, yeah, no, they taught us about that stuff early, like in the 80s. And I'm like, OK, Whoa. but that's not typical, I'd say, for Americans. And so it is new concepts. So when the Me Too movement happened, it was a lot of Oh, wow. Kind of like what happened last year with like George Floyd and like race stuff. It's like mm -hmm. people were like collectively like, wait a second, which is great in a way, like horrific, obviously. But with both the Me Too movement and the George Floyd protests of last year, 2020, you know, it was kind of like this thing of, oh, so maybe I don't know everything. Right. Yeah. And then there is that feeling of, oh, crap, have I pushed some boundaries or 
you know, have I hurt anybody in the past? Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's all evolving. And it's, it's so that's the thing I'd say. I mean, you know, my book, I wrote my book to be a, a, like a crash course, like a, a first step for people maybe who, as you can imagine, my colleagues and I, we're not perfect and we're still learning too. All the, any educator should always still be learning, by the way. Like it's never done. Hopefully any teacher and educator is always still trying to learn new things and evolve with the times and learn more. But I realized that obviously people who aren't sex, sex educators and things in the realm aren't having these conversations like a sex educator has these conversations. So yeah, basically just like be like nice to yourself. <laughs> it's all, we're all learning. The fact that there's an awareness now and people are thinking more deeply about these things and being more intentional is huge. Like that's the biggest step. That's step one, not blindly doing things. By the way, not just sexually, you know, I mean, consent and boundaries with friends, you know, with family, with, we've all had to learn that over the last year and a half too, right? I mean, it's just like, okay, let me put some boundaries in place for my aunts and uncles here who are maybe doing and saying things that are a little questionable. Uh, but you know, so it's, it's really just like being kind to yourself, having some level of self-awareness and checking in with yourself and checking in with people in your lives. Like, and it's, it's not always easy. These can be hard conversations to have. I was just, uh, I'm newly single. So that's a whole other conversation. And in the last few months, and it's, it was a little rough and I'm not dating yet, but I'm starting to think about it. And I even me having done all of these things for over a decade, I'm nervous, like I'm nervous. And I really, there's just so many things to think about. And I, I'm kind of out of practice, like for myself, uh -huh. like being out there and being on apps. And it's like a lot of energy, which I've always known. And usually historically, I've actually enjoyed the dating process. I know I'm saying a lot, there's, I'm giving a lot of stuff to, you know, take, take, take it where you want. But you know, historically, I've enjoyed the dating process a lot. I really love dating. And right now I'm like, gosh, there's just so many things I got to ask people. And like, it's almost like I need to have like a checklist of like non-negotiable red flags that I need to ask, like when I match with somebody or when I meet them on the first date. So anyway, there's just so much, but be kind to yourselves and just keep <laughs> learning. And just, if you care about anybody in your life, whether it's partners, friends, family, check in with them. Checking in with them is, is a great way to get feedback and adjust, you know, behavior. So, yeah. I love that right off the bat in the book that um, you have a quote that kind of links everything back to childhood, that we, we learn about the very basis of consent and boundaries there. I found in dating books that it doesn't always go back that far. It's more about like how to um, get what you want in the moment, you know, but it doesn't address where everything is born. So that's fantastic. And I was also wondering, in the spirit of consent, if you wouldn't mind talking about or would you mind talking about like where you, what your story is and how you were brought to this work yeah yeah so um yeah that quote i think it's the one by molly ray she happens to be she happens to be my sex ed teacher from from school where we're like still in touch mm -hmm. uh she's amazing and she's so funny too because it like when i do these these kind of like interviews and, and talks and stuff i'm always like i didn't learn about consent she's like wait a second i told you a little bit about it i'm like yes yes i know but it was a different time like yes you did molly but also <laughs> it, like consent and boundaries and in, in sex ed now is so different like it's like comprehensive or is more involved. So yeah, no, it totally starts from childhood. I mean, I can tell you that, you know, I was raised by a lot of strong women who were real outspoken to the men <laughs> in their lives. And, you know, 
well, that's just what it was. And so I had some really great examples of that growing up. Um, I remember my mom told me this story of, again, like regular boundaries. My, I was eating, I loved Cap'n Crunch growing up. So I like, but I would like to eat it like, just like as a snack. So not with milk, just like in a bowl and like eat it and uh, with my hands. And so I was just eating like, you know, and then my grandpa, one of my grandfathers walked by and was like, I want some of that and just took it. And I cried. And my grandmother was like, no, 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 because you're her first role model Mm -hmm. of how men will treat her. So no, do not just take her cap and crunch or whatever it is. You have to ask her for that. I'm very fortunate that I had some early role models in those ways. Having said all of that, in terms of like my story, I mean, I definitely, I've definitely had, I mean, being a cis woman in this world, it, you know, of, of a certain age, you know, I'm 42. Like, of course I've had experiences where my boundaries were definitely pushed. I've been fortunate that I've not had anything super violent in my life happen in those ways. But yeah, I mean, you know, I think I've always been some Somebody who, even from a young age, and I remember in college, I was, I, I wrote for, I wrote an article or uh, something for our school newspaper. Um, and I remember writing something that was like, why are there so many double standards between, at the time, men and women? I just, just men and women, um, that language has changed now, which I'll explain in a second, but you know, and so I've always been thinking about that thing, that kind of thing. And like, why are there double standards and why are there like, why can guys like go like have like a billion sexual encounters and people are like, yeah, man, like good for you. And then if a woman does, and it's like, oh, well, something's up with her. Something's wrong with her. You know, she's got trauma or like, ew, she's a slut or all slut or all these things. Right. So I've always been very curious. I've always, I'm also a late bloomer. So like, I didn't, I didn't have a boyfriend or I I didn't date in school at all. I grew up in a small town that was all white uh, people. And I, you know, later after I left the town and like going back to like high school reunions and stuff, I've had a couple people say, you know, I had a crush on you, but my parents wouldn't let me ask you out because they like, because you're black and they didn't approve. So that, that's literally, that's, so it actually was helpful to hear that because I thought there was something wrong with me. And I think as when we're kids, like whatever the reason we're not being quote unquote chosen, we take it personally and we're mm-hmm. like, oh my God, there's something wrong with me. When really it might not be you at all and probably isn't you. It's probably just like, oh, that's where you grew up or the people you're around. And you just need to find the people who are like a hell yes to like, oh my God, you're awesome. So all that to say, you know, I think that, Consent specifically wasn't something, you know, like, as I'm saying, I was, I was analyzing the double, the double standards between men and women at the time. I've always been interested in that part, like the sociology, I guess, you know, of why we like each other, why we date each other, why people are, you know, choose certain different kinds of lifestyles, why some people are like wanting to be partnered with one person forever and do something more traditional like marriage and kids and all the things. And some people are like, "Mm, that's not for me. Like I've always been very curious about all of that. So, I mean, really the consent boundaries part was like, I have to integrate this into what I do around the Me Too movement. I mean, that was really kind of the catalyst for writing the book and integrating it into everything I do. And it's interesting because to your point, I think we all have things like unsavory experiences. That's one word I can use, but uh, unsavory experiences in our lives where you would remember them pretty vividly, but there's some things that you just don't remember and not because you're necessarily repressing them, but it's like just something happened that was maybe a little bit traumatic dating wise or sexually, and you forget about it until something happens and it triggers a memory. So during the Me Too movement, I remember saying like, even during like when I was being interviewed uh, in certain places and stuff, 
no, I've not really had anything traumatic happen or I've not had any, I've never dated someone who pushed boundaries. And then the Me Too movement happened and when I was writing the book, I actually, there are a couple of things that came back to me. And I was like, wow, I totally forgot about that thing. Or I totally forgot about that instance of that, you know, where somebody like, you know, I said stop or no, and they didn't like that. So it was weird to have those things kind of flash back when I had totally forgotten, you know? So all of that to say, I mean, it's a heavy topic. It can be, it doesn't have to be, but it can be. So, you know, from, from like 2018 to like 2019, it was he a heavy focus on consent, promoting the book and all that. And then at a certain point, I was like, I need to take a break because it's a lot of emotional energy. Mm -hmm. And as you can imagine, like having these conversations and people knowing you wrote a book about it, then I ended up like holding space for people people wanting to tell me their stories of, you know, their, their boundaries being crossed and all this, which again, I feel so honored that people felt and feel comfortable confiding in me, but you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. It is. And so I, I, from since then, I, I still definitely talk about consent and boundaries and it's, especially in this executive director position, heavy emphasis on consent and boundaries, but I definitely am trying to lighten the mood and find ways to educate around it that aren't super heavy and luxury hmm. and scoldy because that's the other thing. I mean, like so many topics, people will totally turn off and tune out and I don't, you know, I feel like attacked and, you know, so it's, so it's true though. I mean, it's, it's such an important topic that sex educator friends and, and I are all trying to like collectively and individually find ways to do this so that it's, kind of sexy or kind of fun. So I'm on TikTok and I do, <laughs> I do things on TikTok because I'm like, okay, let's make this fun. How can we make this more fun and learning? You know, so like the, the phrase edutainment, yeah. you know, it's like educational and entertainment. So there you go. I mean, like kind of like you, when I was reading this book, I don't have any super violent things that have happened to me. But in reading this, I did sort of realize like, oh, there's oh, there've only been a couple people that I've been with where we've discussed stuff like even like kissing, you know, and I and I and I have like sort of a, a you know, I've been married now for almost 20 years. or I've been with my husband for almost 20 years. I, I consider stuff like, you know, first kisses to be really terrifying, you know, and part of the reason I really love being married is like, I don't have to do that again. But it's like, why was why is that terrifying? Well, because we never talked about it. Like me and these other, these these fellers that I was with, there was never ever a point where it was like, can I kiss you? And you had, it was one of the most um, eye-opening parts of the book. It's this, this is Victoria Ray, and it's a big paragraph about um, consent is uncommon. I hadn't realized I actually needed it. I'd never given verbal consent, and I'd also never received it. And I was like, yeah, that's why stuff is scary. I, you know, I would be afraid to just, have that conversation and I think part of the reason is like you don't want to get the you know if you were to say to somebody you know can I kiss you and they were to say no that would be really difficult but it's like well then you could move on from there right instead of like it being an awkward situation so anyway that that was it was interesting to hear you say that you have also never had like a crazy experience but there are these like little things that happen along the way and I, I would also say you know the, the relationships where we talk least are the ones that like that kind of stayed with me, like the bad, the, the sort of like uncommunicative experiences in the very beginning trailed into the rest of the relationship, you know, like you never, I never sort of got past the non-communication in the beginning anyway. So that's why I think this book really could, like, I think everybody could read this book and get something out of it. You know, it's not. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I just wanted to say, um, I mean, thank you for saying this. Uh, these conversations can be scary. Like I said, even for myself, like, you know, doing, you know, work around this for, 
you know, over 10 years, it's still nerve wracking for me. It's like, if I have a first kiss, like even in my forties, after a lot of experiences, it's like new person, teehee. Like, I mean, it's just what it is. Like, and so a, a, a part of this is normalizing the fact that there are nerves and possibly anxiety attached to these conversations. You brought up Vera, like, you know, the, the idea of feeling rejected. I mean, that's a huge, that's a huge thing. And that's very real. I feel like, you know, part of the sex education piece of this is normalizing that, you know what, sometimes you're going to be disappointed and it's okay. And so making it so that we're able to like healthily work through the disappointment and not turn it into like gaslighting or anger or something crazy. One of the phrases that a lot of sex educators use, and I'm not sure who coined the term, but is when someone says no to something is thank you for taking care of yourself. That's the response. Because it's basically like, you know, I have, I can feel all kinds of ways about someone saying no to whatever I'm asking them to, but ultimately they're saying no for a reason. And thank goodness, because if they were to say yes and they weren't a hell yes to something, then that's when bad things happen. So thank you for taking care of yourself. And again, it's kind of a long phrase. So, you know, whatever, like, you know, for everyone listening, it's like, maybe there's a phrase like that, that you can say when someone says that, like, you know, thank you for letting me know, or Oh, thank um, thank you for telling me because I only want to make out with you if you're enthusiastic about it. Like I, I only want to make out with people who are enthusiastic about making out with me. Like those kind of things. Because who who isn't? Nobody wants to like make out with somebody who's like, okay, or whatever. Like it's terrible. So really, it's like it's weird. It's a weird gift to have someone say no to you because it's really like. Don't you want to be with somebody? I mean, and again, we're talking healthy relationships and healthy sexual encounters and healthy partnerships and healthy friendships and all those things. I think we all deserve somebody who's going to be excited about interacting with us. And so someone says no, they're saying that they're not really excited. So that leaves room to find people who are really excited about being with you. And that's kind of the point. But again, it is a nerve wracking conversation. And I just feel like, and this is kind of, I'm, I'm kind of nerdy about like, I love sports and I love kind of nerdy about business. And so, you know, two phrases that come up for me is, you know, if someone is an enthusiastic, yes, then there's a meeting of the minds, business, business stuff, a meeting of the minds in terms of what you're excited about, you know, consent 101, I'm going to go into the 201 level for a second and say, you know, if the consent is informed, so informed consent, everyone's on the same page about what you're saying yes to, then that's even better. Because then it's like, you can really be enthusiastic if it's informed consent. You've talked about what is the thing you're going to do with each other. And both of you are still like, yay, that's amazing. Like, that's the goal. That is the goal. And what was the second term I was going to bring up? Sports. I don't know. I can't remember. But so just just know that just normalizing the idea that it's okay to feel nervous about these conversations. And I don't care how how many dates somebody gets or how many partners somebody has, like everyone has some level of nervousness. Some people hide it better than others. Um, real. And the last thing I'll say about that is because I, I was doing some dating coaching as well. So I would have clients that would, you know, help me set up or I've helped them set up their dating profiles or maybe they're new to dating or recently divorced. So they're like, Oh my God, I have no idea what to do. Like help me, you know? And so, you know, within that anxiety around having these conversations, if, someone's newly single and hasn't like to your point Vera, hasn't dated in 20 years, 10 years, like whatever the world is changing and it can be scary. So again, just knowing that 
especially this is kind of a beautiful time, like post pandemic or whatever phase of the pandemic we're in, because everyone's a little weird right <laughs> now. <laughs> like we're all trying to figure out like what we're doing. And a lot of us haven't really been around people so much. So we're a little awkward. So this is actually a really good time to remember all these conversations are kind of new to everyone again, because we're, we're in this coming out again in the world socially. So, so just know that like that, that hopefully that can take some anxiety away. Yeah. I mean, it's a really good time for people to just start over, you know, start over fresh and you don't need to bring the old stuff from behind. Yeah. And to that point really fast. I mean, I definitely, there's a lot of people who I know personally or clients of mine who they've taken the pandemic to really, to really think about what they actually want and what's really going to make them happy. I mean, you know, there's a lot of breakups that have happened. There's a lot of new relationships that have started. There's a lot of people who are uh, really looking at their whatever their identities are. And is this what I want? It, am I, I won't get too deep into it, but there's a lot of clients and people that I know who maybe historically have been bisexual or lesbians or gay or whatever. And they're like, hmm, maybe actually I'm bisexual or pansexual or straight. Like there's like a lot of reassessing because it's like just we've been shown obviously that life is short and it's like to not live your truth is a thing right it's like why are we living our truth life is too short so this is a really interesting time of kind of metamorphosis for a lot of people or you know if i maybe i'm curious about polyamory or maybe i'm curious about bdsm and kink or maybe you know it's it's all there's it's, there's a lot of people exploring a lot of things right now that they, maybe they were shy or afraid to be honest about what about, about their level of interest in or their identity uh, their true identity and so, yeah, it's an interesting time for sure. Would you want to talk about what it's like to be, I mean, I dated a bit before the pandemic and now I'm like on the apps during and I found a difference for me at least. So I'm wondering if you want to just talk about your experiences now. Oh my God, totally. So yeah, so I met my ex um, and around Valentine's Day of 2019, I was dating a few people at the time. And, you know, usually for me, what happens is I'm never looking for something serious. I'm really not like that's really, I'm just like, oh, if I meet, people who are great that I connect with. Yay. And then usually it's them who's like, Ooh, let's be exclusive in a relationship. And I'm like, I don't know. Okay. And then it's like, I don't, and then it runs, it runs its course. I'm like, why did you even want this anyway? Like, how did this happen? So no, not that I didn't want it. Cause I mean, we all, I made choices and I definitely chose my ex and I chose all my partners. So I'm, I'm not saying that I'm just saying like, I'm never the one that's like, can we please be in a relationship? Like it's not, that's just not who I am. Anyway, it's all that to, I like my freedom. I'm, a, I'm an only child, like blah, blah, blah. So all that to say, uh, and I'm very, very, very selective as you probably can imagine. And as you probably can imagine, not everyone wants to date a certified dating <laughs> coach that has an emphasis on consent and boundaries. That's kind of terrifying for some people. Also, some people love it. They're like, oh my God, like, this is great. I actually feel some level of safety because I know that you like take this stuff seriously. So this is great. So yeah, so uh, we had dated uh, my, my recent ex and I dated for about two years and just, you know, it ran its course, sadly. I mean, we were, we were it, was a, it was a really nice relationship. I'll leave it at that. But yeah, I definitely, that was in March and I definitely have had no real interest in dating up until the last maybe month and it's so funny because you know i mean breakups are just breakups are breakups and some are like well thank goodness i'm out of that and then some are like oh wow this is like i wish it wasn't over and then some are like you know it's for the best but i feel i feel really like wounded 
and I just need to really heal. So that I was in the third category of like, woo, I am so not, I don't really trust, I'm not real trustful of people right now. Like, I don't really want, I don't want anyone touching me. Like, I don't want to share energy with anybody. Like, I just need to be on my own, which is great. Cause I feel like a lot of amazing things happened during that time period of, you know, kind of like figuring out who you are now as a single person again and figuring out what totally didn't work for you in that last relationship, you know, or, um, or things that you absolutely are, 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 you definitely need to have in a relationship moving forward or with partners. So funny. I was working on a show, a TV show. I, I work, I've worked in television and film for 20 years as well in various capacities. And I was working on a show earlier this year, maybe around May. And I remember like being on set, there was this person that I, I noticed and like, we know they were a crew person. And I was like, the first time in a couple of months, I had like rumblings of like, oh, I'm not dead inside. Oh, this is great. <laughs> this is great news. Like, yay, yay, I'm not fully broken, yay. But so since that was May, when I had that fluttery feeling, <laughs> And now, what is this? This is, I don't know, August, almost September. And so I've been out a couple with a couple people very casually. And I here's the thing, too. I mean, for anyone single out there, from what works for me is just being totally honest. So anyone I've gone out with, I'm like, listen, here's the deal. Like, I, you know, I'm I'm still coming out of a breakup emotionally and energetically, and I'm not ready for anything serious. And I'm really taking things slow. And I'm a little distrustful. Like, I mean, I like just I literally put it all out there. So then again, someone can be like, whoa, like she's not a good choice for me. And, you know, or they're like, you know what? I actually like the fact that you're saying exactly where you are. So I don't have to guess. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's that's, you know, people I am a little I'm a little scary for people in that way. But I also feel like, you know, people who really want authenticity and directness love me because they're like, oh, I know I'm going to get like truth. And, and and a direct answer from her. And they're right, they will. But in sometimes, always respectfully, but sometimes that's hard, things are hard to hear sometimes, but you will get, you will always know how I feel about something. So yeah, so I haven't really been on the apps yet. Okay. You know, I mean, the apps are the apps. And again, I've worked with the apps, I've consulted with apps, like I know the apps very well, but I just, I'd be, knowing the apps so well, <laughs> I'm not ready to be like swipe, 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 oh, that BS message I just got from someone that's fully like triggering. Like I'm not ready for all of that yet, but so, but it's good. I mean, so, so eventually I will though. Cause I, I definitely feel like I do know a lot of people in Los Angeles. I live in Los Angeles and you know, I'm very, I am very social becoming more social. I've been, I've been out at a couple events and certain things socially. So I'm meeting people that way too. But yeah, I just don't feel a sense of urgency yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> I guess I don't know. That just came out. So I guess at some point I will feel a sense of urgency. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I haven't really jumped in yet. Oh, I will say this too, again, because I am, you know, I'd like to bring some authenticity to the table. So, you know, my, my past relationship, my ex is transmasculine and he is the first person that I've had a relationship with that was in a non-binary or trans identity category. So then there's questions around who would I even, who would I date? I don't like categories. I guess, though, if someone were to put me in a category, it would be pansexual. Oh, and for the audience, I don't know. If, I don't want to assume everyone knows what that means. So, you know, there's bisexual, which historically has meant two genders. You're attracted to two different genders. Historically, it's been 
men and women, but as we know, there's a lot of different genders. So pansexual is kind of more in the realm of not just two binary identities. I like a gamut of, of people. So I know that I like masculine people. I know that for sure. And, you know, I, again, in this time of discovery and people really getting in tune with who they are and, and um, who would be a good fit for them, you know, I want to be, I want to remain open. Uh, I just want to remain open. I don't want to look back when I'm 70 and be like, oh, because I was afraid of society, I did, I, you know, limited myself to whatever. And also, I don't want it to come off like this is a choice. I think I've always been attracted to people who are, again, more masculine, but had feminine qualities too. Mm -hmm. So I definitely have leaned more on the scale of that my whole life anyway. So it's not real different. Even though my ex-partner is transmasculine, I've had a lot of cisgendered, meaning assigned male at birth, live as a male, feel like a, a male, a male person or a masculine person. You know, mo a lot, he was very similar to a lot of my exes, you know? So humans are humans is the point, I guess I'm trying to say. Um, but also, you know what you like or what you're attracted to, and, and that's what it is. But also, it's just uh, last thing I'll say about that, because that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> that It's like its own podcast. You know, I just want to say to people listening, don't let people, again, anyone in your life, put you in any sort of box or category. Yes, it can be helpful, especially on dating apps. Like, it's really important that if you're, if you're somebody who knows that you are bisexual, and it's real important that people know that you're bisexual, definitely, definitely put it on your profile, like for sure, you know, because you'll weed out the people who are not enthusiastic about you being bisexual. So it's really, those categories are important for those reasons. But I also feel like they can pigeonhole us and, and make it so that there's no room for any sort of growth. And other people might see you as, oh, you're that. Oh, but now you're doing this other thing. Oh, well, now you're not part of us anymore. And there's there's some weird like tribalism stuff mm -hmm. around that sometimes, even within certain identity categories. So anyway, do do you is the point. <laughs> do you don't listen to the people, you know, do you consensually. <laughs> Is there any reason you, you can think of to not be that upfront on your profile? Um, yes, yes. Um, you know, I'll, I'll specifically talk to the idea of friends of mine who are trans. Um, it can be dangerous. Like, it can be dangerous to disclose. And that's, again, there's not enough time. And I am not the expert on this. But I just, I know that, like, my ex, when we met, we met on Tinder. We have a ton of mutual friends. We probably would have met in person, but we did meet on Tinder. And he was outspoken. He's like, I'm transmasculine. I want to make sure you know that before we meet. He felt comfortable doing that. He's also six foot two. <laughs> I mean, he has some privilege in certain ways around that kind of thing. So uh, he's also, you know, in the TV film business and, like, is, a, like, a mentor and an, and an um, activist around gender and identity. So it was he felt comfortable being out and putting it on his profile. Not everyone has those privileges. So not everyone feels comfortable or safe doing that. That's just one example, you know? And also, I mean, you know, there's the whole thing of, you know, if, if somebody is working in a job or a career that's a little more, what's the word, traditional or something, and, you know, I've had this with the clients of mine who are into polyamory or I'm using the examples of polyamory and BDSM. They're not interchangeable, but sometimes there is a connection. If there are people they know on a dating app, they don't necessarily want it on there. So because like all these people then like colleagues will see all their private life mm -hmm. on this app. 
So I do get that too. I think it's really important though, if you aren't disclosing certain things on your profile, that when you start messaging before you meet the person that you're having a conversation about what those things are, just so everyone's on the same page. And again, for a lot for a lot of the population, for safety reasons, it's like, I mean, again, I bring up trans people again, because if somebody doesn't know how to deal with anger, that's why there's such a high rate of trans people being murdered, because there's like a whole thing of like, oh, I didn't know this thing. Oh, you, you're this identity and this gender. Now I'm pissed and I'm angry and I'm going to do harm to you. Like, that's, that's craziness. So... So again, like there's a lot of reasons why people don't put certain things on their profiles. So, so yeah, it's it's, a, it's an individual decision for sure. But I definitely think a conversation needs to be had, like maybe when you match on an app, for example, and then just in private messages before you meet up. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important to talk about all the things. Okay, great answer. Very helpful. I hadn't thought about it in those terms. Although I have thought about the safety a lot. That's a whole other conversation. Um, okay, well, we're so pleased that you are with us. We're so pleased that you wrote this book. We think it's so important for so many reasons, and we'll talk about that more. We won't bore you with our praise. Um, <laughs> just know that we have a ton of it. Um, so all the information on where people can find you, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you can find me on my website, thedatingadvicegirl.com. Again, I'm the executive director of a a membership nonprofit called Sex Positive Los Angeles. You can find us on, well, sexpositivelosangeles.org. We are on social media. We're just starting out though, so bear with us. Uh, So it's at sexpausela. And I'm on Instagram at datingadvicegrl. So datingadvicegirl. G-R-L without the I. That's the main places you can find me, but I'm I'm everywhere. Just you search Aaron Tillman on the interwebs and you'll find <laughs> all the things. I've worked re- really hard for that, by the way. <laughs> oh, is there a competitor? <laughs> I'm on, on a Google search. <laughs> yeah. Um, and is the best place to get your book Amazon? Yeah, Amazon. I mean, Amazon, but also Amazon. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, or you can buy it on my website and you can get a signed copy on my website, thedatingadvicegirl.com. Totally worth it. Um, thank you so much. Um, closing words. Just thank you. Yeah. <laughs> It was so nice to see Thank you, Erin. Thank you so much. This is a very interesting, or not uh, not interesting, well, interesting, but I was going to say really important conversation, like all of this. So I really appreciate you both having me on and just, again, just continue these conversations and just know that they can get a little uncomfortable, but to like get comfortable with the uncomfortableness of it, it's important and it's going to make us all feel safer and all have better connections with each other and weed people out yes. who aren't <laughs> on the same page. That's most important. It'll help in all the ways to weed people out to make our lives way easier and way less stressful. You you had one mention of it, um, even if it doesn't work out with somebody, at least you've helped them on their road to understanding consent. I'm not quoting you directly, but I love that so much that you know, it's not like it's some lost effort. This person now has a little inkling of what they need to do in order to catch up. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and that's the thing. We're not that's we're that's not our job forever for some like people need to be learning and reading and doing all that on their own. And if we're a catalyst planting a seed for somebody to learn, great. But again, you know, maybe we need in terms of partnerships and close like inner circle people. It's better, I, I, in my opinion, humble opinion, it's better to have people who at least have some are on a similar learning curve yes. just because you won't be, te- it's exhausting to be teaching somebody all the time. You can't really relax for yourself in a relationship or friendship. So, so plant the seeds 
and like wish them the best and support them on their journey. Yes. Indeed. All right. Thanks, Erin. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you both so much. <laughs>